You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. It's the deliberations of doom. <laughs> You're getting better. Am I? Yeah. I wasn't no, sure that I was. I, I think next week we need uh, <laughs> we need actual theme music so we can eliminate this That's part. That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, like a creepy organ music or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, we, can, right. we can do A that. harpsichord. Uh, I'll bring my harpsichord. <laughs> I, I own one. <laughs> I was thinking about asking a guy who originally did themes for us to see if he would still come back and do one for this one specifically. Because wow. we could use a good creepy theme. Yeah. I don't know. If anybody else out there is into writing and forming your own music and you, you, you think you'd like to write us a song, we wouldn't say no. There's going to be some shitty themes coming in. <laughs> no guarantees on acceptance. <laughs> there you go. Well, this is The Deliberations of Doom where we talk about horror movies and horror things. By the way, I had a great idea for a future show. I was over at a friend's house recently, runs the website Rage uh, Select, and he just got himself a PlayStation VR helmet. And I got to sit around for about two hours trying out all the VR stuff. And let me tell you, the stuff that's scary is the scariest fucking shit I've ever experienced. Very cool. It's terrifying. This is gaming stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking maybe we do a field trip video episode to his house yes. sometime and have him demo for everybody all the new horror VR games. And like Silent Hill. Yeah, we have to video so we can all look like idiots with that stuff on our face. Right. Yeah. Well, we would video that, and he's also got it hooked up so he can record what's on the video game thing, too, okay. so we could edit it all That's together. I'm video in. Games. Yeah. I'll have to talk to him ahead of time. Got to make sure he's downloaded all the demos. Plus, there's a lot of stuff that's just, like, scary VR visual stuff. That it's the future, there. though. I'm yeah. telling you, as far as video games go, VR is the future of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised more horror directors are going to start looking into designing games and stuff that's for it. Because it is... Yeah, I was yeah. just playing Batman Arkham, and it scared the fuck out of me, dude. I heard the Resident Evil yeah. one's really good, too. Yeah, I haven't played that one yet. but Which it was creepy without being submerged in that actual world. It was mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can only imagine looking down and seeing a zombie crawling at your feet, you know? And there's a bunch of ones coming out. There's Dead one I saw a trailer for where you play the monster in, like, a sort of post-apocalyptic, but people have kind of gone to, like, knights in armor type thing, and you're, like, some start-off is kind of like a little golem baby. you got to hide and run, but you evolve and get bigger as you eat, and they're showing you later <laughs> on you've got, like, flaps so you can glide and you just rip people to shreds. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm i got to play this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're not here to talk about video games. We're here to talk about a selection of movies that these guys are very upset at me for picking. <laughs> not all of them. Not, there was, not, like, a good one. <laughs> I, I would argue there were three really good ones. I would argue. I would say argue you shall. The <laughs> word really is the only, I mean, there were some good ones, but really good? Yeah, really yeah. good. I feel All as right. though we did a public service to our listeners. Well, Took the absolutely. That's true. Absolutely. Right. The life you oh, saved. going to be interesting. Well, the idea was just sort of the ones I saw people talking about uh, yeah. in horror forums. Like, oh, this is the ones we were looking forward to seeing. So that some of this is already out more in a more official sense. Some of this is uh, just on VOD. Um, at least one of these just got a really nice Blu-ray release recently, which is cool. But I thought we'd, we'd start yeah. from the stuff that everybody seemed to like less and work our way forward. Oh, dear. And we're going to start with one that I was actually very disappointed was not good because there was so much anticipation for the movie XX, I think because it was the first horror anthology with all female directors doing each segment. Um, okay, so you've got one, uh, The Box, by Jovanka Vukovic, 
who is wow, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, did you practice that? I actually know her. She uh, she and I worked at Fantastic Fest together oh, uh, years ago. Uh, we we with Devin Faraci had to pick the best horror film uh, award for the year, and we were like, and Devin was just like, no, no, it's uh, what's the one with all the people asked to mouth? Um, oh, it's uh, human, centipede. human centipede. The first one. He's like, no, it's human centipede. We're like, okay, but what about these other movies? He's like. No, it's Human Centipede. He was, was like, we finally were like, they were coming over going, you guys have to pick something. And he would just wouldn't budge. He wouldn't even have a conversation about it. He'd just be like, no, it's Human Centipede. That's and finally we're like, that fine. My experience with Devin just us, so we know. can get the fuck out of here. It's Human Centipede, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So she is, uh, she directs the first one, wrote and directed the first one in the box. Second one, The Birthday Party, written and directed by Annie Clark or uh, and co-written by Roxanne Benjamin. Don't Fall, written and directed by Roxanne Benjamin, and Her Only Living Son, written and directed by Karen Kusama. Apparently there was going to be uh, somebody else on here who died before they could uh, oh, put their film together. Whoa, whoa. So that's, yeah. that's the scariest thing about this whole yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about this thing. I mean, this is an anthology, mind you, starting framed with a sort of very... Um, uh, what's the name of that animator guy who uh, Tool is a big fan of? Or the Brothers oh. Quay is who I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Like a very Brothers Quay or, you Stop know. Stop motion, stu- cool animation. Yeah, like animation of a doll, walking dollhouse uh, directed by Sofia Carrillo. That's kind of interesting looking. It doesn't have a plot. It's, you know. It's fine. It's very derivative of uh, of like Yankmeyer and, and better stop motion animators. <laughs> it's fine. But we'll go into the box, which I know I just said that I like. I'm friends with Jovanka, but I, that's not why I thought this was the only really good one on here. Agreed. And I really, really did enjoy this one quite a bit. And I know you guys really disagree with me. I liked the box. That was the only one that I liked. Yeah, the idea is uh, a little kid's riding on a train with his mom, this old man, kind of a fucked up looking eye in a red box. He's got it, and he lets Danny look inside, and the kid kind of looks like weirded out. And the rest of the thing is basically him refusing to eat and getting thinner and thinner and a panicked mom like I don't know what to do and the secret of whatever was in the box starts spreading through the family as does its effects even though this is and all of these have a sort of and then what happened ending you know like a sort of like well we just it's a short you know I kind of sometimes I like that sometimes I don't this is a case where I actually like the way it ended with a sort of complete ambiguity well I guess we'll never know uh, I'm just <laughs> watching brothers Rob have these. <laughs> sit there and he's just nodding like, I feel like I'm... I just want to hear what everybody says. Like, I feel like I'm watching the president's state of address right now. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hear what everybody thinks. Well, this is based on a short story by Jack Ketchum, who is a, you know, a prolific horror author. Um, I actually like this one. I feel like even though I am child-free, I feel like this really plays on those fears mm-hmm. that I, a parent would have. I mean, that's like your primary purpose as a parent is to make sure that your child is fed. And so it sort of plays on those fears of like, there's nothing you can do. You cannot force your child to eat literally. And to just watch them like sort of waste away was, was pretty, I thought a good, I liked it. I'm definitely going to be the odd man. I I liked most of these. Okay. Which I mean, like I, I agree. Every single segment in here was pretty much left pretty open ended except for the last one. You pretty much got to, we'll get to that one in a minute though. But, um, I liked it. I thought it was well shot, well acted. Um, I liked the ambiguity and the don't give me all the answers and just let me experience. Uh, it was it was like watching. I mean, I guess when I watched it, so many people had already dogged it on the forums or just mm-hmm. trashing it. So I was expecting to go in and watch an amateur student film. 
and I go and I watch a very polished looking, you know, film, and I got what they were trying to say, and it didn't bug me, and it wasn't like it was two hours of my life. Yeah. It was 25 minutes, and I and I enjoyed it, and I, I you know, I, it didn't bug me. Like it was one. odd enough of a mystery it was, that it didn't I, resemble anything I'd seen before, yeah. this particular I segment. Was, I thought it was well directed. I thought, you know, it had a really cool... Uh, uh, kind of dream sequence into some gore that I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that was nasty. That was nasty and cool. And I, I, Reminds I, me of that um, uh, Tom Petty music video with the Alice in Wonderland thing. Yeah. Around here no more. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I mean, the only thing I didn't think it needed was when you hear her voiceover at the end on the train, it's like, I felt like that was hitting that, like, I mean, we, we know what you're doing on the train, lady. <clears throat> yeah. It's this 25-minute movie. I get what <clears throat> happened 18 minutes prior. You don't have to remind me. Yeah. That was the only thing I, my only note was. Uh, just like you see the new mummy where they constantly remind you of oh, flashbacks they just showed you 20 minutes ago. They're like, oh, remember this? This is relevant. (laughs) Unfortunately, you got to write to the dumbest common denominator. True. You you don't have to. You won't. (laughs) A lot of times they do, but um, passing the mic now to... Summers. Yes. This was... It's a big wind-up. This is going to be disappointing. I... This was the movie in when, when Chris sent us the list that I was most excited about watching. I, I, it sounded the most promising. It was a really great idea for a movie to do an all-female directed um, horror anthology. So I was pretty pumped. Uh, yeah, we Rob and I had a uh, Rob and I had a pretty pretty rough time watching. This. Did you guys lit into me about yeah. this one? I mean, like, both in texts, and then when I went to the bar to see you, yeah, the first yeah. thing you said is, how in the fuck do you make us watch XX? I mean, I think you're paraphrasing. <laughs> I don't know like, what we said. I don't, well, I, said. I don't know that it's, it's, how could you make us, it was, it was a worthy That's idea to, to, dark to, tapes. no, it was a worthy idea to watch. I, I just think, uh, what, I think what I was more shocked by was you, you seem to enjoy the movie, and I, I was not, I was not a huge fan. I, and, and, I, I'm not always horror anthologies in general. I don't think work a lot of times. I wasn't a fan of the, the VHS movies, Creep Show, Creep Show, some of the other ones. I mean, they uh, body bags, but they all have Cat's except eye. for body bags. They all have at least one good segment. Generally. Well, this one doesn't. So this uh, <laughs> this proved the exception. I I did think of the of the movies. I thought the the birthday party. Uh, was the one I liked the most. That uh, makes sense. Well, let's yeah. talk. Real, talk about. Let's really? talk real quick about really? like that well, one I, where you have one of the biggest stars <laughs> is actually in this thing, Melanie Linsky, who's not a huge star, but she's recognizable. Yes. Yeah. Um, where she's holding a birthday party for her daughter, but she finds her husband dead in the home office, and then for reasons that completely baffled me, she decided to try and hide the body. Right. And it, and I I. I I literally rewound it because I wanted to see. Did I miss something? Yeah, did we rewound it? We rewound yeah. it twice. I was like, I was trying to. I understand. thought it was going to be a thing where it's going to like, oh well, it turns out she had something to do with it. But there's just the, like the thing is, she a, might have. It's just a wah wah. But it was a weird. Segment. It was a style. I thought it had some style to it, and it, it looks more Wes Anderson. Yeah, it had kind of a Wes yeah, Anderson-y thing going on. So in that sense, I I found that one better than the others but it wasn't a high bar to clear um, um i mean especially i thought the 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 next one don't fall which was just so stupid it was incomprehensible basic. i don't uh, even a like. bunch of kids out in the teenagers out in the desert who find an old cave painting and then somebody gets attacked by a creature that you can't really see that's like it and then she turns into one and that's it it's probably the most straightforward of all of them it's probably yeah. the most sort of conventionally horror movie people get a bunch of people getting picked off in the desert but it's also like the worst edited one like they, yeah. did, they did no favors to the person trying to be the widigo creature whatever it is because like they're holding on wide shots and this thing's trying to move and do like unrealistic actions it just wind up looking like an old man trying to choke you 
and weirdly, I found this one weird. to be the most watchable. <laughs> I had very little. I was just like, okay, cool. It's just somebody, people getting off. I don't really have to think about so it did, much. Did you guys see that, though? The girl who directed um, the birthday party one, Annie Clark, is St. Vincent the Musician? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. The yeah. birthday party was quirky and fun, um, but don't fall kind of just, I was It was bored. just so bland. Yeah, You've it was really bland. have seen it really before bland. so many times. See, what I better, liked, better done. What I liked about it was it was not a horror at all, except for the sound design. So when you watch it, it's completely... For the a, birthday party? Yes. Oh, the birthday party. There's not oh, a single like, horror element about, about it. I, I thought we were still talking. Okay. Oh, sorry. Well, I, it just didn't come back around. It's weird. Yeah. And so I thought it was yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. weird comedy. Well, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it has these stings that just it's fucking quirky. hit every time it comes to the guy. And I'm like, why are you... But I, I enjoyed it's, it If it, Wes Anderson made a horror... It I, felt well, like it, have been that, it felt like it would have been a cool sequence in a bigger film. Yeah, but uh, by itself, I was kind of like, okay, it I just doesn't. Don't it's care. kind of it's kind of like a wind up to one joke. Yeah, yeah. and, and a joke, it's weird. It's like a joke you totally see coming. It, it, Which is where they give the actual real alternate title to it at the end, where it's like, okay, yeah, and that's kind of the joke. It's just weird. Like you're like it's building this moment, and then the moment kind of comes, and you're like, oh, that's it. So it's sort of like wound you up, and then that sort of happens, and it's over. Uh, one thing I did like about Don't Fall was, and, and and this really comes from a feminine perspective, was because going, I'm like, I'm excited to see horror done by females. Yes. And that's a big deal to me, being a female horror writer. And Don't Fall was the only one that wasn't like around, centered around a child of some sort. And I just feel like maybe women don't need to like push the child thing. I, you know, granted, I don't have children, so I can't really relate that much. But, but she you, had her you, child edit that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> We're kidding. But I mean, like, does it every single segment have to involve a kid? Like, that's, literally. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's, that's a very interesting good point. point. I feel like it's way too traditional. I mean, they're still, like, you know, riding the, the old-fashioned train here. Right. Yeah. And then the last one, Her Only Living Son, which is basically Rosemary's Baby, The Becoming. Yeah. You know, with a mom who's got a son who... Everybody, despite the fact that he's pretty disobedient, turning 18, doing horrible stuff like tearing off a kid's fingernails, um, everybody, all the adults are like, no, he's fine. And she's like, what do I do? And it's all sort of like, okay, well, he's becoming something because his dad is the devil. Um so it was just missing that this, last well, shot. Did, from and this, from was, this was directed by the this same was directed one by Karen Kasuma, yeah, who, who directed the invitation, the invitation, which is great, which is amazing. And, yeah. and invitation, Jennifer's body, movies, Jennifer's body, one of my favorite <laughs> movies of last year. And she's, I think, she's a really talented, uh, pretty, pretty sharp filmmaker. And um, uh, this one was a pretty big disappointment. I don't think it's a bad movie, but it it does feel. It's not up to her normal standards. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I just... I was kind of shocked. I know she's a fan of a lot of 70s and 60s stuff. I could see the Rosemary's Baby influence, and, and it's pretty direct. Yeah, yeah. It's not even an influence. Okay, it's it's supposed to be an... A, I mean, she's claimed sequel. it. She owned that. It was like, yeah, this is... Yeah, I think the opening line of dialogue is, is from... Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Oh, I mean, she I talks felt, about the two, the two names. I mean, we said this is the one that doesn't end, end ambiguously, and maybe it should have. You know, yeah. yes. I felt like it would have been improved Absolutely. that way. I just, of, I, of all these movies, and I was, I was really excited to watch this. These are, I think, obviously made by very talented, smart people. It is very clear to me that that is what's going on. Um, I've seen their previous work and stuff, but I, I, of all the movies we watched, 
this one I didn't want to finish at all. Some of the movies bored me, some of them I was less interested in, but I just did not connect with this movie in any way. Like, mm. I was just like, I didn't find any value in my time watching it. And that's not to say, probably, someone else may have a, these are very much litmus test movies. I think they, like you said, like, how you feel about them may depend on you. I don't think they're objectively bad in some way, but I didn't connect with them in any way, and I was really disappointed in that. Also, the, the, uh, the connecting segments with just the, the stop motion stuff was so, it was pretty I didn't understand what it was doing in there. It didn't add anything to the movie in any way. I thought it was pretty. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty. It's not bad looking, but it, it just... It's it, odd to have a framing device that serves no framing actual purpose. And, and also exactly it's part of the movie. You know? <laughs> I mean, so, well, especially considering that the, the, the big hook is that these are all female directors, I would have thought someone would have found an interesting way to tie these together. So you're saying Dan Aykroyd should have appeared and said, you want to see something really shitty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one just... I, I, I think... I mean, when you watch, like, uh, The Invitation, it's a real, you know, long, slow burn that hits you really fucking hard at the end. And, mm-hmm. and short form may not be the best, you know, form of storytelling for for uh, Kasuma because she's a very talented filmmaker. No obviously. question. But she works in TV I mean, as well. So I do feel like she does probably understand it. She, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I liked it. I, I didn't hate it. Well, I me, feel like there's a lot of things to, and, and then you watch, and, like, you look at, like, for example, like, user ratings. This has a 4.6 on IMDb. The Dark Tate has a 5.0. So you tell me <laughs> what took more skill and talent to make. Well, you know, it might be and because the Dark Tapes was advertising like crazy on Facebook. Like, I know, was, there was like a, a week and a half where honestly, it was like, every time I think it's that these are not horror films. In the, I think the third one actually is probably the most conventional of a horror film. There's yeah. a creature, it picks people off. The last yeah. one is kind of about the devil, but like the first one... Does not even feel to me like a horror film. It's sort of disturbing and weird, but it's not scary. There's not a, an antagonist in a sort of conventional sense. So, honestly, like I just, I'm, I feel like when you watch this, you're, if you're, if you were gonna, wa- if you were with your friends and you had a tub of popcorn, you're waiting to see a horror movie. This is not that. See, movie. like I like that first one because it's almost kind of like it's it's ambiguity. It's not as simple as just like, well, what well, happened? It's almost sort I of feel, Lynchian. Yeah, but I, but I feel mostly like, Jack Ketchum's writing as opposed be. to the director. See, of all the movie, like of all the stories, that one drove me the most nuts. And I and I have to. Well, say, I think most of the movie is just then going. The kid won't eat. Yeah, there's the a repetitiveness to the kid won't eat. And then we go ahead and we discuss that the kid won't eat. Then the kid doesn't eat again. Then they go back and they talk about how the kid's not eating and is someone else not eating. Then that goes on and then someone else may not eat. This goes on. That's basically the movie. And I and I, I think we'll get to this a little bit with Black Coat Star. I found this so interesting. I did too. Like, I, did. I, did. No, I didn't. I, yeah, I found it. Ref- I, I, because I've never seen it before. It's like a oh threatening God, thing. It's such a I get it type thing. I just, I was going nuts. I've never it. seen it as a threatening <laughs> but, thing. I'm like, oh, he's not eating. Big deal. Then. Day four goes by and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. We'll get into Agreed. more when we get to Black Coat's Daughter, but that's a movie that traffics in ambiguity in a, in a hundred times more effective way for me than this movie. Oh, I oh, agree this that one feels 100%. like This one feels like there isn't really a there there. Like there isn't really, an, the ambiguity doesn't feel to actually have a center. It's just, it's nonsense. It's just like arbitrary and it's a shrug. So to me, watching that, that combined with the fact that it's repetitive, I was out. So, 
Oh. I mean, like, I think, like, but... And you liked it more than Russ. <laughs> no, I didn't... No, Rob really... I was freaking out. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't know the real reaction to this movie. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah if we okay, weren't... see, that's how I feel about the dark tapes. Like, I... That's your I... favorite one, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate this movie yeah. so much. She was doing to me let's, what let's you guys... Let's table that until we get to the dark tapes. Well, let's go to the dark tapes. Okay. Then. Oh, we're going to the dark tapes. We're going to the dark tapes. Yeah. I need a portal. Then I'm sorry. It was a great... It's a great segue. She was doing to me on the dark tapes the way y'all were doing to me on XX. Fuck you. Know you. I, I want to make a very so public apology. This. We gave you a lot of shit about this assignment. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like you got a lot of texts in the middle of the Aww. night as people were watching movies. A lot and of group texts that, do, went, that went like sideways. A times I got cut off. Like, that was so <laughs> amazing. Chris is like, yeah, yeah. Going to bed. See you guys. <laughs> I was actually going to bed. I was having fun. We'll never know. Well, well you know. Cheers. I, cheers. I always comfort cheers, myself audience. by saying, you know, uh, you, but you guys... Like uh, a ghost of Mars, so clearly you don't know what you're You know what? There's, after this assignment, there's no way I'll take ghost shit to Mars over, over like all these movies. Seriously. Every no. Except for Black Coast no. Daughter, Ghost Except of Mars. Except for Black Coast. Well, I liked Devil's Candy too, but we'll get to that later. I would watch Go. Ghost of Mars over the first two films, <laughs> right. definitely not over okay. the next three. Dark right. Tapes. Well, let's go to the Dark Tapes. Uh, I'll, I'll let Chris give, give the build up before I unleash. Yeah, this okay. is another <laughs> anthology film. Um, it's a found footage anthology. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> it's honestly the only thing about this I liked at all, and, and that's not to say I really liked it, that had my attention for any point of time was the wraparound segment to catch a demon. And that was kind of a framing segment inside of a framing segment, which was so unnecessary <laughs> that, that that having a separate outside framing segment my, to the framing segment. <laughs> but I was like, what the fuck? But there's a point in it where they're trying to like catch a demon on camera or some shit that was cool. That's one does. Until they get a close-up of it, and then you're like, okay, wait, that looks terrible. <laughs> uh, not, not crazy about that. Even the shoddy filmmaking couldn't cover that up at oh. all. Uh, but then you've got The Hunters and The Hunted, uh, which is a, you're this couple's at a new home discovering there's like a ghost presence there, and they've sought out ghost hunters to help them, but then things go... Like smirkingly uh, Ari, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like like where it was kind of like, oh come on, uh, I don't want to say the twist, but it's a it's a dumb twist. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Cam Girls, which almost oh, the less God said about sakes. the better. Um, <laughs> these two girls have a cam sex show, and then they pay a visit to one of their watchers, which is the most pointless of all these segments. God, is that which what happened? Is saying I literally something. watched like two days ago, and I remember that was the plot. Oh my god! Uh, and then there's Amanda's Revenge, which is a girl is saved from being date raped at a party, but then she starts to act very odd afterwards. I don't even remember that? What one. a shocker! Um, yeah, this is the most forgettable of them. It was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, this is, this is garbage. What I love is the anthology movie from the same director four times, and then one other director. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to team up with myself four times. Yeah. Uh, and Vincent, then bring on my boy. Um, Vincent J. Guastini and Michael McQuone. Yeah, Those Mc- names are weird. Wow, I did know like four going. of them. Yeah, these, this is no good. So, <laughs> this is from a guy. It's, who, it's a makeup guy and a writer guy. Yeah. So, Basically. Yeah. Hey, you did the makeup on Requiem for a Dream, though, so he's oh, obviously right. a good director. 17 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's some good makeup movies along there, for sure. He's got some good credits. So, so I have a question, just before we get started on this, because, honestly, when we when we looked at the list of movies that Chris was giving us, this one jumped out at me because it's found footage. And I you were like, automatically oh, cringe when it's found footage. And I wanted to ask, is there a successful 
found footage... I mean, does the genre just not work for you guys? Or is there a found footage movie that anyone here really loves? Yeah. Blair Witch. No, okay, I don't go I, with I, I like Blair Witch. I, the first and, and I, I absolutely so love Cloverfield, Blair Witch. Cloverfield, Cloverfield, Wreck and Wreck 2. Wreck and, Wreck and, and I'll and even Wreck say two. the third Paranormal Activity, I think, is a pretty third. solid movie. Uh, that's taking a little bit far. I like that one a lot. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, it's not a movie, but one of my favorite found footage uh, stories is the Cops episode of The X-Files. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. one. Yeah, that was really one of the first times I'd re- really seen it used to great effect. Uh, but I think those guys... Th- that, that list is pretty good. Are we going to have to do like the, a feature the theme movies. of just found footage? No. But I will oh, say... No. Hunter. No. Oh, Trollhunter. Trollhunter. Hell yeah. I, I will say this. Oh, when found footage amazing. is bad, it's really bad. True. Oh, and The and Bay I, is pretty good, too. Oh. And I think the main thing found footage usually has a problem with is it is constantly trying to justify the person using the camera. Uh, that, it's and, a false narrative. Yeah, like, exactly. Literally, the story only exists because you're forcing somebody to hold the camera. Afflicted and, and is to me, it's like watching uh, a bad Dukes of Hazzard. Like, you know, they're forcing you to watch this car go this way, and then next, it's, it's, it's all forced. And, and if I have to see another, uh, oh, the camera's on its side now. We dropped Creep. the Oh, now this guy's picked I, I up the camera. Okay. Creep is pretty good, too. People will do the stupidest shit in found footage because they're forced to, because the narrative doesn't exist with the camera. Apollo existing. 19. Okay. So, Apollo so, to me, what's sort of fascinating about found footage is that... What should be probably some of the most realistic performances on film, with no cut, with no, uh, with just a camera train. Should be actors. cinema verite. Yeah, it should be, and it feels. I always watch the actors; they look so stranded in the genre. They they feel fake. They 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 don't sort of know how to react as real people, and they feel like, um, okay, so, and they always. Everything about their actor ticks comes out. They're repeating people's names. They don't know what to do. They look awkward. Um, even it's, a movie I was really excited about, Diary of the Dead. Yeah. You guys have yeah. seen that? Those, mm-hmm. those more recent Romero ones are not and, so good. But he I gave it a shot. I he had a lot it. of cool ideas. But you can feel him sort of, especially for something like someone as innovative as that, where he made Night Living Dead, which was so effective because it felt realistic. And then he has that format, and it just feels so fake. You see, the new one is going to be Drivers of the Dead, right? Where the idea is they've got them where they've taught them how to drive, and now they watch them in a sort of demolition (laughs) derby type thing. So kind of like in Land of the Dead, where they were like more sentient. Yeah, I actually want to watch. Keep us on mission. Okay, Dark Tapes. So Dark Tapes, a patience you obviously (sighs) have. So this is this is actually yeah. This, this is, is your moment, patience. I know. Please. I feel like all the hatred that you funneled into into XX. This is this is my moment. Um, I at least found things about XX where I understood it just didn't. There work was out. absolutely nothing about this film I liked, and I watched this probably a month ago, and I couldn't really remember that much about it. And I was going over my notes earlier today and I was like, oh shit, I didn't write any notes. All I have is like expletives. <laughs> Let me see this. I, like, this, is, this, this is fucking, oh, you know, it's a bad word that I probably shouldn't use in public. Uh, I hate this so much. This fucking, yeah. I have, this is fucking a uh, delete. Yeah. How did this get made? Exclamation point. Ex, you well, know, I question you mark. I just, these bitches Look aren't even attractive for yeah. fuck's sake. I think that was <laughs> 
<laughs> that was the Cam Girls episode. That, uh, sort of. Anyways. Yeah, have, these bitches aren't even attractive for fuck's sakes for the Cam Girls episode. Yeah, I, I was mean, a little baffled why they didn't um, even try to get someone who looked like they might have a cam show. They have. I'm like, this is not how. Cam Girls interesting, but they found a way. Yeah. Uh, this is not how paranormal investigations work. It's one of. Um, uh, and then I, okay, one of the things that I caught was I love out of place cell phones is one of my notes because it's supposed to take place like 20 years ago and they're clearly using smartphones. Wait, and you're just like. Piece? There's, there's like, yeah, flashbacks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're clearly using cell phones in, in like, 1999. I, no, I, smartphones. I think by the time you had to think about that stuff, I, uh, I was already totally I was, checked out. I just hate this movie so much, and I can't remember any of the segments other than the beginning and the end. And that's not a good thing. Go. What was that one movie you guys made me watch that one time about... Uh, the guy's friend is like schizophrenic and seeing. No, they look like people. Yeah. yeah. The same reason why I had issues with that is why I have issues with this. When I'm watching the filmmaking, it's like they just don't give a shit. Like, as a filmmaker watching it, I can tell the refrigerator's off because they turned it off for sound issues, yet they didn't bother to fucking mic anybody, so it sounds like shit anyway. So I turn the fucking <laughs> refrigerator off. Then you watch, oh, look, there's, you know, uh, catering over there on the side, and there's, you know, there's, you just, you see all this shoddy filmmaking across the board everywhere, and then you see a guy, like, pull out a prop, and is it Canon XL1? He goes, this is my beta, theta, accelerator, whatever camera. The camera goes, that's a Canon XL1. At least fucking, like, spray paint that motherfucker black, add some shit to it, and, like, make an effort. Like, like it's like it's like a mini DV camera I, from like twelve years ago. I can't remember. I watched something on Netflix. It was like a sci-fi movie, and the guy's supposed to have found this alien tech, and it was just a Zoom recorder. Yeah, uh, like, everybody knows what a Zoom recorder looks like. But, that, but to me, it's like like I will like support something a hundred percent if you make an effort. Like just, just get, have integrity in what you're doing. And I feel like the the props sucked. The stories, for the most part, were pretty bland and unoriginal. The, the makeup sucked. Um, what the the my... cinematography non-existed because it's a fucking found <laughs> footage really. movie. And why do it? It's a bastardization of the art of cinema. It really is. It's, it's false narrative, false storytelling. Watch reality TV. I mean, if you want to do that. One of my notes literally says, this is seriously the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> but people love it. I mean, I've seen positive reviews across I've the board. I've seen positive reviews, it. and it has a high, uh, yeah, a high percentage range. on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it's just because not anybody's seen it. I don't know. For us? Uh, I, it, I didn't really care. I mean, it was, honestly, I, don't, I didn't hate it as much. I, I respect why you guys hated this movie this much. I, I really, I understand it. I don't know that I had that kind of reaction to it. I, I thought it was fine. It was, it was fairly watchable. Um, the, the, the narratives in the movie is, as, as, you know, haphazard as they were. They didn't feel like watching the, the movies in Double X. That I just didn't have anything to grasp onto. Whereas these, I'm like, oh, it's this movie. Okay, well, I see what's where this is going to go. Whatever. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I guess I didn't hate it as much. Ru- as you Russ guys was did. pretty passive on it. Yeah. He was like, I could kind of sit here. Like, I don't. He didn't. He wasn't moved by it or interested. Yeah. But he was kind of fine with it, uh, which is weird for Russ, who hates who hates uh, everything you know, found footage. <laughs> I, I when it started, um, I was I had my backup. So I mean, like honestly, this had such a low bar to clear. The fact that I we kind of made it through it was like amazing to me, but. When it started, actually, first, it started pretty badly, and then there was a moment where they had an idea, and again, Russ and I are, and this will be a continuing theme in the Summer Supposed to Be Movies, if you have an idea, because I just want to see that you put some thought into something, they had this weird idea about ghosts being extra-dimensional beings, 
at the very beginning, the guy says they're extra-dimensional beings. Um, they're just jumping back and forth between ours, and if they, their time frame is different than ours. So if they stood still, um, it, it's basically like dream time. So they would need to stand still for like three hours as opposed to ours. Well, I at least thought, okay, this is an interesting idea. You could, go, you but could. They had actually one ultimate device to. I, I, no, I understand, I understand that. I love this. Look, I, I agree. Look, I, I get you. Good movie, Chase. It's like, Chris. here's my weapon to destroy all beings. It's a fucking blender. Well, we um, know what but, this is. No, but I, I get you. Like, the problem with the movie is it, it bumps in the limits of, obviously, the, the what the filmmakers are capable of at, at their level. And, you know, as a person who makes really low-budget shit... You have and, never done that. Well, thank you. But I, I, But I do think... I, I, I'm going to cut you some slack. That's why you're making a found footage movie. You have a low budget. Uh-huh. You, you know, and, and, and there is a thing. Remember Shamlin talked about this with his movies and why they don't always work is you have a moment of religion in a movie. And it's where all of a sudden you believe in the movie. You're with the movie. You're going with it. And so you'll let stuff slide. You'll let you know, continuity errors slide. You'll let, you'll let bad ideas slide. This movie is obviously not that movie. But for a moment, I was kind of like, okay, I'm interested where is this going. Then it jumps into these narratives. The minute they get into the, the, the narrative where it's like a couple and they're in that, it's very paranoid, paranormal activity, kind of yeah. boring, same old stuff. You for see 30 minutes and it for is, a twist. Right. So and there's a little bit of a, of a sort of like, it should be a five-minute movie twist. Um, and then the cam girls thing is somewhat it's ridiculous. I was optimistic it would get kind of sexy and it didn't. I mean, I'm always optimistic everything in life is about to get sexy, but it was a little skeezy and, and you know, I, I just, it doesn't come together. And then the last one, unfortunately, you're talking to, again, a guy who makes low-budget short films. Better. Um, just doesn't really pull off its final twist with creatures on screen, um, and that's unfortunate as well. So, yeah, it, it, honestly, with this film... If you're a person who likes found footage movie, and I don't know too many horror film fans who are just, they just like found footage, like they're just going to watch found I footage. Like found, that, I, mean, I like, like some found, found footage. footage movies, right? But, but you, I as agree a genre, it doesn't sell you the movie. The not by movie. itself, right? No, like you're not, I'm not go like see. seeking out a movie because it's found right, footage, right? Yeah. I'll definitely like to comment on the paranormal investigation aspect Ooh, of the, like yes, the dark tapes as a former professional paranormal investigator. I was excited um, at the beginning, just as you were, uh, because it was a cool concept. And a lot of modern paranormal investigations were incorporating a lot of like quantum theory into our th- into our theories, or at least we were back in my day. My day. Um, so you know, when I when I worked at the paranormal investigation, the Human Energy Systems Laboratory at University of Arizona, shout out. Uh, but we and that was our thing. Like we did a lot of quantum physics and you know, a lot of quantum theory, and so that theory is actually not unheard of mm-hmm. about being in like this different plane of existence or a sped up plane of existence. Mm-hmm. That's actually a, you know, a proposed theory that's been contemplated, but not necessarily, you know, agreed so, upon. Quick question on that. So if you're in this other plane of existence and you're carrying a camera, you can just set that camera down and the camera no, leaves your plane of existence no, and you're still out of that that's, plane of existence? That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Which, making sure that which, I will know which is why one of my notes say, this is not how paranormal <laughs> investigations work. Um, but do you, you know, think perhaps if you guys had possessed a Canon XL1 camera, when touching something electric can stay with I don't know, I don't know. Uh, that was yeah the, and the, so the beginning I was like oh, 
oh, something I'm familiar with, something that I can actually agree with, and then it just evolved from there. And then I was like, okay, this is I mean, really stupid. Yeah, this All right. Is... We've spent more time on this movie than it deserves. <laughs> okay. And five thumbs up. Uh, let's move on to one that we're going to be on polar opposite ends about, because I actually said at one point online, this is one of my no. favorite horror movies oh, here we go. since The Babadook. When you sent this movie to oh, me, you were like, what? <laughs> okay, see, now I, I feel better, because I know your opinions are flawed. Oh. <laughs> because everyone loves The Babadook. It's no, not so everyone. Good. Yes, you created us. Actually, <laughs> more than half of this group does not like The Babadook. It's like American Gods. Enough critics believe in it. It must be good. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do. You're the only I people like, I know I that don't, don't like the Babadook is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I I'll wear that I'm, mantle proudly. <laughs> uh, the only thing I like about the Babadook the is horse. that it's now become a gay icon. And I think that that <laughs> is awesome. Why? Yes, it I has. did not it's know really that. Cool. That's hysterical. Uh, this is The House on Pine Street, which is in de- indeed a, uh, a psychological ghost thriller, or at least that's how it initially seems to be, written by Aaron Keeling and Austin Keeling. They're not twin brothers, are they? Don't know. Uh, Not all is twins. Hey, I'll call the twin line and find out. I thought that was a thing. I thought it was a thing. We don't all know each other, Chris. Is that what you think? Well, you should. You should have gatherings. We met them at the last giant twin convention. (laughs) I mean, when one twin dies, does everybody get together and have a big ritual with chants and stuff? That's not how it works. No? No. They don't, like, put a cloth over him and slide him into the cavern wall. (laughs) Making up shit at this point. (laughs) All right, so uh, the story here is Jennifer, played by Emily Goss. There's a story to this movie? Josh, (laughs) let me get through the story. Uh, Has gone home reluctantly to her Kansas hometown because she's very pregnant. She's seven months pregnant. Um, Partially her mom lives there, who she clearly does not get along with very well. Uh, Meredith, played by Kathy Barnett. And she's having problems with her husband, Luke, played by Taylor Bottles. Um, they get this new rental house that her mom set up and things start happening weird that only Jennifer is experiencing, which are more or less traditional ghosty type stuff. You know, doors slamming, uh, windows closing, stuff flying around that can, uh, starts to accelerate. The fact that she's the only one who's experiencing this starts making, you know, everyone's like, well, it's probably just the pregnancy or any number of things. You're tired, that sort of thing. And... I think that what I really liked about this film is that it's very isolating, that this character is thrown into a position. It's not one of those movies where it's like, oh, then, like most ghost movies, there's a point where everybody else realizes this is all real, too. This movie is all about that sense of isolation that I think is probably not uncommon among women who are very pregnant, you know, uh, who are like, I just... I am different than everybody else. I feel very alone. No one understands what I'm going through. And I really, really liked... The, the twist, if you will, uh, which I not so much a twist, but an explanation for what's happening that's different from anything I've seen in a ghost film before, and how that plays out. Uh, I loved the performances from these people in this movie, and I found it genuinely frightening as hell. Okay, I'm like 50-50 on this one. Um, the one thing I did like about it is uh, I thought it was an interesting use of psychokinetic activity. Mm-hmm. You don't really get to see that a lot in ha- in films about hauntings. As in like... Just too. <laughs> Usually, oh. in, you know, with, with poltergeist activity, it's, it's you know, a young girl who's going through puberty is, you know, causing things to happen. And in this case, it's a pregnant woman. So I thought that was kind of cool, little twist on the concept. However, I absolutely hated every single character in this movie. They're like 
so unlikable and every single person was like a narcissistic piece of shit and i that was i just couldn't relate they were very i like flat. They were very yeah i just I, I just didn't i didn't i wanted them all to die literally <laughs> well, in the end can i just jump Go on that right You're on it. you saying you wanted them all to die never at any point in watching the film did I ever feel there was any sense of danger or death could be a result of anything? Yeah. I'm watching a film where I have no idea who the protagonist is, who the antagonist is, what their goals are, what their missions are. I'm watching a movie that literally has set forth no goal for me to follow. So I'm watching a woman whose crockpot lid keeps coming off and you hear footsteps and the door closed. <laughs> literally, that's what's happening. It's like, oh no, a door closed. Are you, you see the door closed? Well, well no, I, I did not. Maybe it was the wind and then she loses her shit. Like, mm-hmm. for two hours oh no it's a closet and to me it's like i get it it's that ghost movie setup and to me it was like i didn't feel the explanation for what was causing it justified me watching a movie for you know two hours like i just Mm -hmm. didn't feel like there was there was nothing different to this movie that made me excited about it i thought it was the characters were very flat like that whole like hey i'm the bully so i'm gonna smack the books out of your hand that's how i play this character and it was like the mom oh i'm a bitch oh well i hate my mom mm-hmm. oh and I, every character was so just cliche well her mom was awful yeah <laughs> to the point where she had no dimensions bill the butcher was an awful person but you got him and you're like i want to watch more of this great actor play an awful person you get people's plights wait who's you, bill the butcher i'm talking about Daniel 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 good actors and good Which movies ones? Uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Dan- oh, Dan- right, right, so I got right. a villain who is just an asshole right. villain, but you get him. You, you don't have to be just a horrible person and not understand that. Because well, I don't think the mom is the villain. You know, well, she's, well, she's I mean, another. She's set up, she's she set up to be everything. the villain. In the, yeah. She's like, how do you like the house I put you in? How do you like this? How do you like everything? How do you I've like this stupid party that but you? Hate? Once again, I don't think she's the antagonist. I think she's just another there is no source antagonist. of no. But there's yeah, not. She. That. It's. It's. What is the term? Man versus himself, if you will. Here, it's her. She's. Mm-hmm. It's that sense of isolation. It's the fact that no one understands what she's going through, and the fact that everybody else is an unlikable. The movie, person. but it's boring. I get it. Just like, not I, mean, I just like when you watch this film. It, it's it, it, first off, Russ. Russ has this thing when we watch a film. Like, is there good dialogue? Because he no. feels like he honestly feels like if there isn't a cool line or a cool like you know moment where two people <laughs> talk together, you probably didn't write a great movie. And one of the things we always talk about also in, in a film is, and not every film has this, but. In most of my favorite movies, there's there's one moment where two characters talk about the themes of the movie, where like they talk about what the movie is and what's going on, right? And how it relates, and, and they sort of have this philosophical moment. And they say something about what we sort of learned in the movie. And watching this movie, I just don't feel like that kind of thought or or moment is in this movie and I think it's because I didn't feel like the movie was in the end really about something like that you're right there's a theme there's sort of an idea there's a metaphor but it, the movie in the end wasn't really about anything and I think part of it comes to what Phil talks about is there isn't really an antagonist in a sort of there's no goal to movie, interesting way and you know it's sort of like it feels like a kid's story like and then this happens and, and then this happens and then this happens for almost two hours long Two hours. Cause I wish he was on I film. Mean, no, but, <laughs> but I mean, like, you really got to start doing this on video. <laughs> but it was really tedious, and I and I just I, I think that the movie is not incompetent. It's not. It's not like uh, it's not shoddy. I think like you know, it, it's a movie. It's a low budget movie, but intelligent people made it. And I was just I was unlike just, I, You know, I the, the ghost that. knocks. 
it, it, it knocks stuff over. It kind of pushes <laughs> her around. But there isn't a there there. There isn't a set of rules. There isn't something that's going on that really ties together and makes sense. It just feels arbitrary. Like, well, now she's alone. And then she kind of hears something. And there's, like, footsteps downstairs. And you know what else? The shit where in every freaking horror movie... How long you make me watch the character try and convince other characters that something is going on is usually my key to whether or not you made a movie worth watching. And this movie is basically two hours. Two hours. Well, she's constantly her, explaining what we've going, just seen. Yes. For it, two hours. Well, we know, telling other people, and then them going, oh, just, See, and I know you kind of... didn't like her performance. You, yeah. and, uh, and... you know what? I think she's okay. She's not given a performance to do. Because she sold it to me, because it, I think this is really I basically... I thought they were good acting. probably the best a, actress in It was definitely film. good unlike, acting. Unlike yeah. most ghost films, like this resembles for a while... This is more of a character piece set in a ghost movie. I mean, it's now about you're not, Now you're losing oh. me even more. It's if a, you're going to make a horror movie, make a horror movie. If you're going to make a character piece, no, come on. Yeah, make a character no, that's piece. Not, no, come on. That's not, no. fair. You can, you, that's not fair at all. No, because I don't feel, Why is a I feel like movie? this is one of those things where I don't want to watch somebody Q&A go... You know, it's really a character piece. I'm not really interested. Yeah. In it. <laughs> no, no, I think we just saw one of those movies. We're not going to get into that one. Yeah, totally. But, well, I, I just well, did another I will movie. I say, but. that may be why I'm on the fence and why I liked XX. Because it doesn't... I, I don't subscribe to the... A horror movie has to have these elements or not. Because there's so many things that are Agreed. horrific. My thing is... And I wanted to piggyback on what you were saying earlier. And this kind of is one of those things that I, I've learned through directing films. Especially with dialogue... Because I feel a lot of directors will just stare at the monitor and be like, "Oh, great, moving on." I actually close my eyes because if you don't, if your ears don't believe it, it's not true. Yeah. And your eyes will confuse you, and you'll be like, "Oh, this is great, moving on." It looks like a real movie. It looks like a great. Yeah. Like, oh, look, the lighting's great, the camera's great. Just close your eyes and just hear what people were saying. And a lot of the, the dialogue was very flat for me and very yes. just cliche. And to me, that bugged me. And the no goal of the, whatever bugged I, me. What did you think, Russ? Well, I, oh, I was going to say we. I feel like we've already talked about this movie longer than it deserves. But I, I would say, um, you know, Poor when Chris. we finished the movie and Rob, Rob went <laughs> off about the about the the his problems with the movie. I, I would say this, the, the movie is very low budget, and and it shows. Um, it's almost a bottle. Yeah, and you know, and the, you know the, talking about dark tapes. No, I'm talking. No. We're not going back <laughs> to the dark tapes. Though. It's not <laughs> very low budget, and it shows. I was. The, the limitations of the movie um, are not related to its budget, and and that's something that I that that I I want to say. The script to this movie, I think, is terrible, and that is really where my problems with the movie lie. And and the other thing I want to say is, to be a horror movie fan is to like a lot of bad movies. To like a lot of movies that other people would say, this movie has terrible acting, it's stupid, the monster looks rubber, why do you watch this crap? Like, any of those things, people say that. And 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 you love that movie not only because um, it's a horror movie unapologetically, but it it because of its limitations, because it transcends those limitations or it leans into those limitations or whatever... This movie does not do that in any way, and and that was my real problem with it. And so I think objectively, you know, if if, uh, there's a lot of other people who watch this movie and said this movie has a lot of terrible acting in it, and I say that's that's not my problem with it is not the terrible acting, it's the bad scenes and the the I would say virtually. Just non-existent. It feels like leaning over and nodding at me, like, "Listen, Chris, this is why you're wrong." Chris doesn't get that. <laughs> I'm going to summarize that. You can suck as long as you're entertaining. Yes, and that's that's, that's a hundred percent most true. Great, most films you like at all come down to a good story, 
and good acting. Everything else, you better be. And, and I would say, okay. and I would say, That's you true. don't even necessarily need the greatest acting. Wow, ever. I feel like the patrol actually agrees on one thing. No, because no, I we don't. don't. <laughs> This is one of the best ghost movies I've seen in a long time. Oh, there was no ghost. So, 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 what ghost? So, so well, but it is a ghost movie. It's psychokinetic but activity. I, I feel like the main character right now. I'm yeah. trying to make my mind. <laughs> <laughs> For sake of time, we got to move on to the next one, which is another one of those movies that I really love. This is The Devil's Candy. I saw this back at Fantastic Fest, watched it twice since then. Um, And one of the things I described this as to people who were asking, so what was it like? I was like, you know, every horror movie that has a heavy metal theme is so fucking tongue-in-cheek. You're almost like, do you guys even like heavy metal? Uh, Deathgasm. Well, Deathgasm is flat-out splatstick comedy. But, you know, you think of like the original Trick or Treat. You remember that yeah. one? Oh, hell or, yeah. Or um, uh, the second Slumber Party Massacre. With Black the, Roses. With Black Roses. They're very tongue-in-cheek. Devil's Candy Black is Roses. the first heavy metal horror movie that genuinely likes heavy metal music. That is like, we're our main character, the I think incredibly affable and underrated uh, Ethan Embry, is playing a, a good dad. And he's a heavy metal head. He's like, he's a painter who paints kind of disturbing stuff if he had his choice, but he's having to take like butterfly paintings for hotels because they need to pay the bills. His wife is a lovely person who they get, he gets along with great, Sherry Appleby, but she doesn't really get the whole heavy metal thing. But he does share that with his teenage daughter, and the two of them are just inseparable. They are best friends. But when they move into a new house, Something starts happening to him, like he's hearing something, and he starts going into these trances and painting and really fucking disturbing stuff. I would totally buy that big painting. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. And meanwhile, you've got Pruitt Taylor Vince, who I'll always remember from Jacob's Ladder being the yeah. guy with the shaky yeah. eyes. I was thinking guy. identity. But- oh, identity, yeah. <laughs> who is uh, been released from the mental hospital and... He's there's been killings in his past, and now he's trying to head back to his childhood home, which is this house they moved into, and he's got something going on. He's got Kurt Hammond's guitar that he fucking yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Flying um, v. v. I just first of all, I just want to shout out to Ethan Embry, who I I've loved since Freaky Links. I don't know oh, yeah. if you guys remember Freaky yeah. Links, yeah, sure do. But was that before I, Can't Hold the Weight? It was after. It was a it was a short lived. I think there was only like a two season television show. And can't hardly wait. Was there only one season? Yeah, it was. It was originally they told the Blair Witch guys, "Yeah, let's make a TV show," and they had it. It was called Fear Some. And then they, I think those guys, they they wanted to do something a little more radical. And it was Fox in the late '90s, so they pulled back and made a little bit more of a conventional TV, like more of an X Files TV show. Endless. He was the lead in Can't Hardly Wait, which is the only good John Hughes style film that's not by John Hughes. Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah, Yeah. it was only one, two thousand. Yeah, I mean, he was also in another one that was trying to do it that's not as good, which is Empire Records, which is okay. Uh, I've never heard of it. Still good. Yeah. Yeah, oh, listeners, we like Empire Records. So oh, I absolutely recently he was in Cheap Thrills, which to me was one of the best and, midnight uh, movie of the year. Came 
John. John. That's right. Uh, Netflix John. show. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Oh, so anyway, I love Ethan Embry. Just want to say that. So it's good That's to see him looking good. And yeah. I thought I he was mean, going bald though. He had like a full head of hair. I I don't know. I, there's called hey, man, there's these things. Whatever he wanted to do, <laughs> he looks great. I think he probably has hair. Yeah, he had to have long hair in this to be a metalhead. So anyways. you know, he's probably like, like, uh, okay. So this looks is, like he's been drinking water and hitting the gym. This True. is actually in my notes. Ethan Embry needs to wash his hair. Seriously, everyone needs to wash their hair because <laughs> everyone's hair was like so. I don't know. If you take but nothing else from this podcast, then uh, wash, your hair. wash your hair. But I loved the metal soundtrack. That was one of the things that really stood out to Which, me. Being an old school, they show. I was wondering, watching them, going, "How in the fuck did they get the rights for old Metallica songs for this?" Because Metallica so famously does not give out the rights to their songs. They showed it to the band, and the band was like, you can just have them. Seriously, we want you to use our songs for it. So the same thing with Slayer, who was like, normally you can't get those rights, and they were like, yeah, absolutely, we love this movie. It was good. I love the soundtrack. But otherwise, I thought it was uh, like a solid performance overall. Um, I like the story, even though I wish it would have been a little more clarified. I thought that it was a little muddled. You know? Yes. I wasn't really sure. Well, the whole the whole thing with Ray, I I mean, it just yeah yeah yeah. the character Ray. I just it it went back and forth for me. I was like, okay, so okay, he's this guy, but wait, now I don't understand. You know, it was just Hmm? kind of muddled. It was muddled. I I I thought that too. Hmm. I I totally agree. And I reread the wiki this morning, and I still was like, "Mm, still not getting it all the way. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't find any of it muddled, and I, I liked every aspect. And in all honesty, I've never been like a huge Ethan Embry fan, but I was like, man, he had so much charisma. Like, mm-hmm. I gave a shit yeah. about him and his family. You just liked him, right yeah. Off the like bat. he was so likable, and I, I, I think and the entire movie, cast is incredibly likable. Yeah, and it's a yeah. huge, a huge thing in movies where your family's at risk of dying. Like having that family that you actually give a fuck about, where like cause sometimes you have, like the asshole dad who cheats on the mom or whatever, and then you kind of have all these different storylines. This one was just about a family and a dad trying to do his best to like keep things moving forward. Which was the best and part was of the great. movie. Yeah, that was the best part of the movie. Oh, but which, is, which is ninety percent of the movie. The thing with the other guy, you're just like. Yeah, it didn't confuse me at it all. Didn't, it didn't, it didn't, something yeah. I, don't wanna, I don't want to get yeah. too deep. I hate into spoilers. to agree with the Summers how, Brothers. How spoilerish <laughs> we want to get on this? Not too spoilerish. Okay, well then, well then we'll have to talk after. But be as ambiguous say, as XX. Okay, so I would. You mean like poorly? Um, so, uh, but I, but I think that I, I'm with you. I did not understand the connection and the thing that was kind of going on. It isn't. It doesn't really. And I think. This would probably be... I don't want to jump ahead. I'm going to let Phil finish his thoughts, and I'll, I'll jump into mine. So, No, I w- to me, it was obviously something that had to do with the house in that area that was right. affecting them. Because, I mean, it was very clearly tied to what's happening to... Uh, uh, what's his name? Ray Smiles. Is that his name? Ray Smiley? Yeah. yeah. Ray Smiley. And then, obviously, it's happening to Ethan Embry after that. So, um... I really liked it. It was all shot around here in the Austin area. Yeah. Yes. And it's funny because I was watching it, and my buddy, a guy named Orion, is one of the, the police officers. I go, oh, shit, look, you're in a movie, and... I always find it funny when you know somebody. Right, and that's where we got called out on Facebook or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I just I, I just want to say real quick that, you know, to sort of defend myself, that I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm i okay with ambiguity. ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with ambiguous endings, but this was just way you know too ambiguous. Yeah. Like, it feels like, and, okay, so, so, so to your point, and I felt this as well, watching it, in a film like this generally... 
it's either Ethan em- something weird is going on with Ethan Embry and he's sort of the antagonist and he- something is happening with him which is going on in the movie he's sort of experiencing sort of something paranormal or something sort of t- something sort of satanic and then or there's an outside antagonist which is the Prue Taylor Vince character there's someone who's sort of attacking the family in this movie there's both well, you know, and, and, and it's but obviously it's, right, but it's connected. Yeah, but, but then it sort of doesn't really come to much. But is, is he having premonitions or is he possessed? I looked at this in Why a, is he painting? A, a weird sort of way, like the Amityville Horror. You know what I mean? Where yeah, it's like yeah, a I, good I look, man, look, but, but I feel like you're right. But there was a previous right. killer who I, I didn't understand what you're saying. Like, wasn't that's, able that's, to that's actually a really that good. That's what's happening in the film. That's yeah. a really but as as far as like logically or a consistent system that the film is setting up, none of that's in there. And I feel like he's sort of doing this weird shit. Then also, there's a person attacking the family. That's all in there. And it, and it, but why it's happening? What what's going on? Is sort of just it's like a shrug. It's like okay, that's what's going on. There isn't a reason or an objective or uh, a point to it. You're so literal, Rob. Well, no, I'm. <laughs> well, no, but if you're gonna, but yeah, well, it's a story. Yeah. So I feel like it should. As a person who is okay with ambiguity, again, you have to... I, like, when I watch something like a David Lynch movie, there's a shitload of ambiguity. Well, he, but you, but, but you feel, it's all in a dream world. But yes, David Lynch but you film. feel a dream logic. Yeah. You feel that things, while... it's Even in something like The Ring, which I, even the American remake, I remember Gore Verbinski specifically saying, Japanese cinema is comfortable with dream logic. Americans are not as comfortable with it, but he tried to work that in there. And when you watch The Ring, it doesn't all make sense. But you sort of buy that there's a system that makes sense. With this film, doesn't. It feels like, well, I want to have him sort of be possessed, but I also want to have this outside antagonist. Mm, it's the same. There's like a I weird devil. Get, that being said, the... I still think it's a good film, though. Yeah. Um, I don't get the I confusion it. there. It's the same thing. Yeah, but what is it? Think of it as what, like... Why is it the, attacking the previous... him? And it's, but why isn't he killing them because with the guitar the, as because well? The, because <laughs> the, it's the difference like with the Amityville Horror. Because there's only one because, guitar. Because uh, Vincent de whatever is DeLeo, whatever his name Bruce is. Bruce Taylor Vince? No, no, no. From the Amityville, original Amityville Horror. Uh, they, that character who killed his... Oh, Ronald DeFeo. Yeah. Who killed his family. Family from the force in the house, he is the uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince, whereas Ethan Embry is the I forget. Uh, I just but I don't the, see the I forget point, the name of the character. But who I don't came see the point the, in giving him the premonitions. Then I, it doesn't because go it's the house that affects but why? people. But okay, so it's the house. But you so then, but then you also this. You guy. never know in the Amityville Horror either. It's all these. That's oh, a terrible movie. No, it's not. <laughs> but I, honestly, that's not gonna, that doesn't work for me. Like watching the film on its own merits. It doesn't come together in the same way. It doesn't come together. I don't for really want a, a like name. I, there's like I yeah, like a nameless mean, evil it, to be to me, nameless. It feels, arbitrary. it feels like I would like this scene where he paints weird shit, and I would also like this scene where the guy comes to the door. So I want to have both of them. It's like a movie is choices. Mm-hmm. It's it's what you leave in, and it's more importantly what you leave out. Because a real director makes choices about what the movie isn't. And I feel like this movie, he wanted both. So to me, the movie's less effective. I think it, it's it, more effective because of that. Well, See, I mean, it yeah. just works for you differently. By the way, this is Sean yeah. Byrne who did The Lovely Ones. Right. It was and, another big yeah, festival. That was, right. Yeah. And, and he is film. a very capable director. So of all the films besides Black Coat's Daughter, this film, um, I think that while I have a lot of problems with it, I don't think it's particularly scary. Um, I knew like the minute it started... With Prue Taylor Vance, like, I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't going to be, like, a scary... It's I not really scary in the way that... 
I think Blackwood Star is a little unnerving or whatever for me or whatever or something like The Shining. This film's not scary to me. It's like a horror film, but were, were you guys scared? Like ever? no, no I'm never scared. I felt film? Devil's Candy. I felt nervous. I, I I'm felt not scared. I, I watched. No, it. I mean you you don't want people in this movie to get hurt because you care about yeah. them. But is it a True. scary movie? No, not. Well, I mean, it depends on what you define. No, is scary. it scary? That's a yes or no question. I, <laughs> I am. I have a high resistance. Look, you like uh, yeah, film. Seriously, That's fine. I, 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 I remember the last time scary. I was scared. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree that Rest. it does not have to be scary to be a horror movie. Yeah, but to be a good horror. I'm just movie. saying, it it's sure. not a scary movie. It, it doesn't mean it's not a horror movie. It doesn't mean it's not it's an effective yeah, movie. It, it just means it wasn't a particularly scary. I guess, like, not to like go too much into it, but like, you look at like Pruitt Taylor Vince's character. He obviously has like a mental disorder, and the devil could prime him so much easier than Ethan Embry, who just moved into this house. Or, it made total sense yeah, but, to me uh, that he killed somebody years why? ago. Yeah. But I mean, like, but it doesn't make. Oh, s- I mean, never. All, all right, whatever. I mean, but it doesn't. But that's the thing okay. is, it doesn't have to. It's the devil. He's like undefined. Now, now you're just making. I feel like that's a little bit of an excuse. No, it's because not I at watched all. The Exorcist, and she possesses rage. Have you ever I read a Lovecraft it. novel? Yes, they never but that's define a different what thing. These things but that's are. a di- not defining. Uh, I, Clearly, we are very passionate. Go ahead, Russ. Yeah. So I just wanted to. First thing I wanted to say was about. I did. I did like the movie. I didn't love the movie. I wish the mo- the movie. I will say this about the film. I I didn't find it a particularly ambitious film in terms of theme or, or idea, um, which is not or a not yeah, or, or it's just not a knock necessarily on the movie. But I wish it had been up to a little bit more. Um, I was going to ask you guys about the metal thing. I it, it was the metal thing was in there. It was very clear that the the filmmakers are big metal fans. Uh, but I didn't know that it really added much to the movie other than being um, sort of something color. that, yeah, color to, to the characters. And and I, I was surprised because I, I'd, I'd read about the movie and I, I thought it would have more to do with heavy metal music. Rather, it was just he was a heavy metal fan, so was his daughter. That was kind of in the well, movie. Well, I feel like that actually defined the relationship between him and his daughter and sort of how the daughter felt a little like she was an outcast, you know, mm-hmm. and how she didn't really belong in this new town and how she was having trouble fit in, but what is that fitting in. Having metal music? Like, what does that have be, to do Well, because, I mean, when you're a young lady, such as I was once upon a time, like you define yourself by the, the music that you listen to. And that was, that was her bond that she had with her dad. That's and and she was obvi- very clearly is a goth like character in a very small town. So in that case, I feel say, like the that's metal all was in the very movie, important. But what is it? Ha- but other than that, other than that, I just feel like it doesn't have anything to do. I'll with tell it. you, it's just, I, it was because, badass because to some extent <laughs> it, m- it changes your expectations because you go into this with this guy and this girl listening to all this dark heavy music about Satan and blackness, and you it, totally expect this film to go a certain way because of that with those characters. It's, and it refuses like to do that. Oh, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's okay. one of the multiple colors that that has. It's more profound than that to me because the heavy metal music could have saved everyone's fucking life. <laughs> but they wouldn't let uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince play the guitar to drown out the devil's voice. I, so. Yeah, that's true. It, I mean, it, it's very profound. It is? Like, I think so, because yeah. like, think about for how long that was the devil's music. Oh, he was yeah. that hard rock and roll, but yet he's playing this music so he doesn't have to hear the devil. Not, it's a thing It's a very interesting not, metal. Not to mention guitar. I think you could take that out of the movie, and the movie really... I, very, I, yeah, oh, I don't agree. Um, I actually, yeah, yeah. I'm going to uh, that as well. I, I would call it one of the more like definitive things. I mean, you know what? Would, the, the things that you guys were talking about with heavy metal music and, and being disappointed in movies, that has, particularly horror movies that touched on metal, uh, I... 
I felt that this was in. The, I mean, I think it was obvious that the, that the director or the, or the filmmakers were, were a fan of heavy metal, but I just I just don't know that it added much to the genre. Um, e- even something is, and uh, I don't want to throw a bomb into the mix, but even something as bad as um, but I the, will. What was the Rob Zombie, <laughs> the the the, Sal- the Lords of Salem? That, oh God! I, I know what it's. I don't love the movie. I, we can get a whole other thing about Rob Zombie, but but what I want to say is that the metal aspect to it. The musical aspect to it did have something to do with the movie. I felt in a way it was more organic to it than, than this one was. Um, that's just me. Um, I, I did want to say I, I liked Sher- Sherry Appleby. Yes. It was great to see her, yes. and I did think Embry, her, and the daughter they felt like a real family. You rooted for them, um, so I want to echo you guys. Shout out to her on that show Unreal. That by all means I should hate because it's about a reality show, but it's a really good show, and she's mm. great on it. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. The performances agree with you. in this film are aces. Yeah, they're great. So I, I give it on that. Um, I wanted to mention something about uh, he Ethan Embry is a is a painter and he's he he's interested in showing or being affiliated with I guess this art gallery or this art dealer yeah. Um, yeah. and it was a very strange part of the movie and I wasn't quite sure I wanted to get you guys opinion on it because I I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. The name of the art gallery uh, is obviously something tied tied into demonology or Mm -hmm. something. And so that seemed to be part of it. There is a – I will lob this criticism at the movie. The receptionist uh, who answers the the call that Ethan Embry makes is dressed in a almost cartoonish – Devil version. She's got the red, super red, red and the eye makeup. It, it, it honestly, God, it looks like she's going to a Halloween party. Um, and 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 it was very on the nose. <laughs> and I wasn't. I, I had so I, I I wasn't sure what to take of that because it did seem that there was an implication. And and maybe you guys can can uh, illuminate me on your thoughts on it. it. There was an implication that Embry's ambition as a painter. Uh, and, and and trying to be a uh, trying to be a, a famous painter, I guess, um, was something that was taking him away from the family. That it, there was an idea that that him being part of this gallery or furthering that career would be a deal with the devil. Yes. Um, yeah. And 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 I wasn't. I'm not sure how to take that because if that is the case, if there is an idea that there is a metaphor within this movie, because I was looking at his ambition and his uh, art career as. Uh, uh, an organizing principle that that was taking him away from his family and thus putting his family in jeopardy. I think it's more literal than that. I don't think it's a metaphor. I think it, you, it was set up to think that maybe Belial, the art de- dealer, and his whole setup were in some ways aware of what the house was, and this was they were intentionally trying to make a that good is, man I turn not, to darkness. Uh, that, that is that weird, wild stuff. Me. I did not know that. Um, <laughs> I, so okay, so that's interesting. So you felt that that was I okay. It was. I so did it not was get not. Yeah, I didn't pick up on. I didn't get that at all. I picked up on your read. <laughs> Actually, afterwards, I oh, just have another drink from this very famous bottle of you know yeah. scotch while your daughter's out there but being it, kidnapped it, by yeah. this man. He keeps little. Yeah. It's a little. So so wait, are you saying you thought it was literal or metaphorical? I thought it was very literal. So it was very little. Yeah. They're, they're they're they have some sort of tied the demonic forces for sure. Yeah. Wow. Or he actually is the devil himself. Yeah. Or you know, I just want to say that um, it yeah. seems like a I bad move to dress like a devil person. Well, the girl, she just works stuff. for the devil. The guy himself who shows up was the devil. And I thought she was really creepy when he pre- when he presented his new painting to her. She kind of had this weird look on her face, but I just felt I, 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 I totally did not pick up on that at all. But was it entertaining? 
Yes. All right. Well, we do have to. We do have to move on for the sake of time. We do. Yes, to our final film, which is I think the one that we all agree on the most, Mm -hmm. which is the Black Coat's Daughter. Hated it. I loved it. it. This is by Anthony Perkins' son, Oz Perkins, his directorial debut, which is kind of cool. He wrote and directed it. Yes, he did, and stars Emma Roberts, who's becoming kind of a. She clearly likes horror. Yeah. You know, she's been in. She likes intelligent horror. Well, have you seen Scream Queens? Oh, <laughs> that's called a paycheck, my friend. That's called a fat paycheck. Just saying. Um, you know, this is the most ambient of any of the films we're watching. Sure. It's very atmospheric. And I think, oddly, more casual horror fans or people like, yeah, we see on the forums like, man, what are you talking about? I love the dark tapes. They're going to hate this. Oh, yeah. They're going to hate it because this is an art film more than it's even a horror film. Not unlike The Witch, I thought, with the, you know, it's very, it's definitely, it's it's what? Ambient. I would agree. Uh, But somebody else, uh, I've been telling the story on all these. Somebody else take this one. So that's you, Rob's you, honor. You, you spoke uh, first. I, spoiler alert, there's no Black Coat's daughter. <laughs> I have no clue um, about that. Really, 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 really quick. Really, really quick. Yeah. A Black Coat is a, it's a derogatory term for a preacher. So it's, it's, it's not it's a good way to call someone who is, you know, a reverend or whatever. I would like, take that derogatory comment any day mm-hmm. as opposed to the other ones. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what a Black Coat is. I... I have to say, it's a terrible name for a movie. Yeah, they should have stuck with February. It's, February yeah, was February. The it's a name. very, it's it's kind of unfortunate that someone picked out this name. Yeah, this is it. Okay, Rob. Um, I'm trying to think of a quick way to summarize this. Basically, this is a uh, it's a period piece. Is it is it a period? It's oh. it is and it isn't. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is. Uh, uh, a, I'm just. I, it's kind of hard. to... I'm trying to nail down just the plot. Which is um, there's it's about a uh, a few girls at a at a at a school um, or boarding school and a weekend where uh, their parents are supposed to show up and one of the girls is beginning to have sort of uh, strange premonitions that her parents are not going to come for sinister reasons or, or upsetting reasons and then another girl who is um, possibly pregnant from uh, sort of getting in a, you know sort of you know. They're Catholic. Yeah. But when uh, a man and a woman. Right. As my parents, kids. At the same time, there's um, uh, Emma Roberts' character is uh, another girl who is on her own, sort of hitchhiking, and meets a family who is on, who is on the same road. I don't really want to say too much. Yeah, you um, kind of got to stop there. Yeah, yeah. I don't because really want to. Because there's s- a like even me saying it's kind of in two time periods. Yeah, it's a much, it's but. a really, I mean. It, this movie, I, I thought, was, of all the movies, was like. I mean, this is some. This is a far more of a next level movie than the other movies we sort of. Reviewed I think Kiernan Shipka, who I knew originally as uh, John Ham's playing John Ham's daughter on Mad Men she's for, for several seasons, who's great on that Both show. The she's the she's the blonde, the youngest. She's like the main like. And then young the other girl, girl at Sing Street. Street. I thought it was a girl yeah. from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, the girl, the, the, yeah. Lucy uh, Lucy Boynton from yeah, Sing Street. Yeah, she's from Sing Street. Yeah, uh, um, performances in this film are all top-notch. around. Yeah. Are stellar. fantastic. I mean, Absolutely. they are. Yeah, this is sort of the probably the most high budget, high minded film and of all the ones. Bugs me the most that we're not going to be able to discuss on this because it would be a flat out spoiler to discuss the end. Is the way we even came to like a total disagreement about what the end meant. Yeah, Chris was. Te- we were texting in the middle of the night about the ending, and his interpretation of the ending, and my interpretation of the ending, are were very different. Although his ending. Has just as much legitimacy as mine. Well, yeah, I, I guess they're the both valid. This is a film that traffics in ambiguity, but at the same time, 
rewards your investigation into its mysteries. There's something dark going on yeah. at the school. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel like you can kind of say, I mean, it is a possession story. Yes. Russ you know, like a school, yeah, I think somewhat. it's a nice take on a school First off, it either is a beautiful looking film. Oh, this, sure. is, this, is a, this is a really, I think, and I think I told Chris this the other night, um, Osgood Perkins had a serious vision for this movie, and he made it. And I don't think that other people would have made the same movie, and that mm-hmm. alone makes this a really strong um, directorial film. I mean, like I think like of all the movies we watched, he had a vision, and he made it. And it's a cool vision. Normally, I, I wouldn't pay attention to such things. That's your guys' job. Yeah. Uh, you know, Phil and the Summers Brothers. But the, the, like, the score, oh. that was like kind of like this record, just skipping i found that to be one of the most creepy and prolific things of this whole entire film it just set up the tone. i watched this film on my iphone on a plane and oh, wow. i was sucked in like i was genuinely unnerved unsure like i was totally pulled into the but are you scared of flying uh, yes <laughs> everyone to a little bit but you know what yeah. i have to I have to say like there was no like Doors closing and bumps going on, Crop stupid moving. shit like this. You have a character going like, "Where's somebody at?" Walks around an empty school, walks downstairs, peeks in a doorway, and just oh, sees somebody furnace. kind of praying yeah. next to a furnace, and it's the scariest shit I've ever seen. And nothing's happened. There's no creepy noise. This you is a film that, gra- that like great horror films traffics more in dread. They're like jump scares or something yeah. like that. It's all atmospheric. It's very atmospheric, I, I yes. just, You know what it really reminded me of? Especially um, the sort of uh, dialogue and the performances at the very beginning reminded me of The Shining more than probably any other movie. At the beginning of The Shining where uh, Jack Nicholson's character goes in and talks to the, the hotel owner... They, they're sort of like they're speaking in some ways very realistically, but it feels weird. It very feels off. like, and every conversation in this film feels off. It feels agreed. weird. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's something it else. It feels going like we're really coming good in like ten minutes after, right? And there's there's an implied yeah. like sort of scary thing that lies underneath what people. And these characters said. all actually, there's even a reason for that. Is in both stories that we're seeing going on here, the one with Kiernan Shipna as the primary character, and the one with Emma Roberts as the primary character. There's a, a slowly being defined distance in where these characters are coming from. You mm-hmm. know, between uh, Kiernan Shipka and, uh, what's her name, Lucy Boynton, they're very different people. They've never really met before this, and it's right. the end of the, the, the semester, and now they're kind of forced together, and it doesn't seem like they'd really be friends. You know, there's an awkwardness. Plus, Kiernan Shipka's starting to act kind of strange. <laughs> and then with Emma, Emma Roberts, like, being thrown into this car with, uh, you know, be, being picked up by this kindly... Uh, uh, father, played by James Ramar, always nice. You to never see know where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. I think that was. That I have a lot of ideas. Yeah. That was I actually disagree. I totally saw. I I thought it was very predictable. To be honest, there was a we point. Can't say anything. There's yeah. a point. I figured it out yeah. well before they they did, but it took me a while. But I still, it didn't take it didn't take away from the the movie no. for me. Like La- I still Lauren thought Holly it was beautifully acted, right. and I still thought there that there is the, a structure to this film. That is unexpected, and I thought genuinely original. Like, I did not know. I was like, oh, 
oh wow, okay. So even if you see it coming, just it's, the fact that that's the structure of the film, yeah, it doesn't is suck. kind of impressive. Yeah, and I will say, even if you see it coming, you probably have five other scenarios in your head that it could be one of five things is going to happen. Yeah, right. So yeah, that's really what great ambiguity that, is. And to me, it's like it's like the whole you get, Eureka. I knew it was happening because I had five other storylines to go. Oh, what if that happened? Oh, yeah. what if that happened? And so like, there's a lot of different routes you can go with because you do kind of get where it could go. But you also have five different directions it could go from that point. And I thought the ending was perfect. Yeah. Did you want to? No, I, yes. I was just going to say I thought any of the, the 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 visuals, particularly the big payoff moments, the scary moments, never disappointing. Like just stuck in my head. Loved them. I, I love this movie. I'm really glad we watched it. It was it was worth suffering. I don't know if it was worth suffering. <laughs> <laughs> True movies, but, XX. But this movie, uh, I liked XX. <laughs> yeah. I, again, it, you know what? If you don't have a lot of patience for for horror movies, uh, uh, like particularly ones with a lot of ambiguity or that tend a little bit. If you don't more like intelligent movies? Don't watch this. You know yeah, but I mean, if you're but if you're a person, you go in, you want the gore, you want. The scares. It's not that kind of movie. It's not that kind of movie. It's much more like The Invitation, speaking of yeah. it's, it's a slow burn. It, it's actually far more about the atmosphere and the journey. It's not I even don't know as... that it's even the most satisfying ending, but I just, I liked watching this film. Well, the ending it. is a big question mark that is not ambiguous in the sense of you have no idea of what happened, like what happened or what was the cause. It's more like there's only two answers and it's one of them. And it's up to the audience to decide mm-hmm. which what one. What kind it was. of a heart do you have? <laughs> is it a good heart or a dark heart? Honestly, I think that Black Coat's Daughter is probably going to end up being our best of 217 list. I would agree with Maybe. that. Maybe. I, I just, of There's all the films I've seen recently, left. I just. There I is was, a lot of 2017 left, but so far, yeah. this is definitely the best I, movie yeah, I've this seen. Is a movie besides that, Get Out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I thought about this movie a lot after we were done with it. And not just because of the show, but because I just, I thought about it. It stayed with me. Yeah, he's it, texting me at like one in the morning. Yeah. And like, like I was. dude. I did. I thought about this movie. And um, and I was very pleased that we watched it. I think like, it's, you know what else? Um, uh, a slight bit of warning. This is a very explicitly violent film. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that because so much of the film is moody and atmospheric. But... When it, the violence comes, and, the violence, and it's, it's not, they do not fantastic. cut away, which I totally yeah. expected. The camera just pans. It's startling. Until, yeah, it, they just stay on it, and it's not easy to watch. So, well, yeah, it's, well, you. it's very well <laughs> She's like, oh, time to yeah. get Mister Buzzy. <laughs> <laughs> this was definitely the best one of um, the bunch. Yeah. It's a, but it's I mean, it was. But film. it wasn't just. I mean, look but at what we had to compare it to. Because, because I think Russ and I were on the way over here discussing this. I we would not recommend this movie to just any horror fan. Like I think, like if you're a person who wants to watch, like oh, something scary and something jumps out and it was fun or whatever, and you're seeing popcorn. <laughs> Dude, this isn't yeah. a go to hell. I would no. This is more. I mean, like, honestly, I think this is a film that if you're a person who likes more sort of arty, sort of more intellectual fare, or something. Like, maybe if you're a Kubrick fan or something yeah. like that. Even those are only my friends. Okay, like, I wouldn't. Well, there you go. Like, I would so only recommend this to your friends, but, I would but your only audience may this. not be that way. So, but I do think <laughs> it is something to prepare for. It's not maybe the fastest paced film, but it's not slow. It's not boring. It's a constantly fascinating. You definitely have to be a fan mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to appreciate this film. I, I think, think to some degree. I mean, I did, there's definitely art horror films like this one that 
don't it's depend on you being no, our, yeah, our fan to appreciate. It's not. This movie is not home. But and the you compare it to the invitation, and I wouldn't agree only because that's such a dialogue-heavy film, mm-hmm. and this is not. This is there's long sequences so of cinematography. I don't know precisely. Okay. That's what I'm saying. This is a very specific. Yeah, but I will say this: it is a horror movie. Yeah, maybe yeah, the, the witch. It is a horror movie, except not yeah, yeah. that kind I, of. I, it is a horror movie. I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah, agreed. All um, right, uh, I have yeah. to ask oh, just because yeah. we brought up on the other of the void. You know, was it was um, a sure. low budget horror film? Yeah. I mean, I just think like if you of of these movies, I would say you know Black Coat's Daughter and the Void. I would say Black Coat's Daughter and Devil's Candy. Devil's Candy. I didn't Devil's like Candy's the Void. Good. It's a solid, solid flick. You guys already know my answers. You're just going to yell at me when I say mine. Yeah, I think those last three we covered are all great, great movies. I love all three of them. Wait, which one was the other one? The House on Pine Street. Street. And? And Devil's Candy. Okay, just making sure it wasn't Dark Tears. No! Man, this guy has really got it in for okay. the That thing with the XL1, he's out. Oh, oh. done. Well, you lied to me in the first five minutes. I Don't hated it me. so much. I just okay. like saying dark tapes. I think I walked around the house going dark, dark tapes. Uh, so okay, dark so tapes. Dark and it's tapes. actually a good name for a movie. With dark tapes. Yeah, it is. Like you're a big font guy. What do you think of the font? Especially for oh, a found footage. It's the scariest thing in the But you know what? I got I got what they were going for, so I was probably more forgiving than you were. I think you were just like, what the fuck? Man, it's such bad font. Um, so, so what should we say? If you have a great theme song, you should send it to us. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, we want, need a theme song. song. Otherwise, I'm gonna make my own. Because Something I can't spooky. Let Chris, I can't let Chris do that with the harpsichord. <laughs> I, I'm gonna keep doing it. Until I was gonna we say he's gonna theme. do it, even though we have a theme song. It's not gonna. No, stop I won't him. do it if we have a theme song. Right, How about that? So, if you really hate it, guys, carry up. <laughs> that was always my goal. Save yourself. Save yourself. <laughs> what's our tagline? Keep screaming. Is yeah, that what it is? Keep screaming. I think. That's a good one. Somebody else can say it now this time. All right. Keep screaming. Ah! Oneofus.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net. And don't forget your towel.